Doctor? What doctor? Doctor who? Doctor who, did you say? Eh? Doctor who? What are you talking about? gibberish or do you really know what you're talking about so my first question of the evening let's kick this off and uh, i will start by saying um who is our adversary tonight then ian well uh or did I'm you want to do more than sure. one well I, I think we should do i think we should do the three because i think a couple of them are going to be quite quick as far as, as you know design and things like that so I, I we've got to do the uh we've we've got to do the primords because they're famous for it but I, I'm not entirely sure they are the adversary for this because you've also got the uh, brigade leader, mm-hmm. who's, who's superb, and you've also got Stalman. Let's do all <laughs> in three, three forms. Yeah, let's do all three. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, I can't. I couldn't work out which one to choose. Otherwise, I probably would have plumped for the prime wards, But that's going to be. I mean, with with all the best will in the world, designed for that, it's going to be quite low, isn't it? I would have yeah, thought. I think so. Yeah. 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 No, I think it's very fitting we have three adversaries because this is an oddity of a tale to me. Every time I watch it, it is three stories, isn't it? You've got the whole uh, drilling threat and risk. You've got the parallel Earth and you've got the primords as well. Yeah, yeah, this is... So, I, I love season seven. I think it's, it, it's a superbly strong season. But even though I love the stories, they're too long. Seven episodes is just too long for a story. But I think this one handles it better than, say, The Ambassadors of Death, because it does, they cleverly break it into, like you say, almost three complete stories. You could, remember when I used to do, like, the 90 minute edits on the first mm. VHSs? You could edit this down and almost cut out one of each story. You, can, you could cut out a lot of the stuff on it. Um, and not harm the other two stories flow really. no no um, but yeah it's I, I think it was a sensible move to do it that way um, because like ambassadors is just too long it's endlessly it's a bit like the war games in it's it's escape capture escape capture mm. escape capture this one I think holds the I think it's, it's probably one episode too long there is padding towards the end there is most definitely padding towards the end and yeah you could prune a few scenes and maybe get it down to a six-parter yeah i i think so i think it would be i i think yeah i think if you pruned it down to six parts with careful editing you could it would be almost the perfect pertwee story but yeah at seven episodes it is it is an episode too long is that there's there's a little bit too much padding in the later stuff. Yeah, um, which is which is a shame because, it, it, I mean, a, anyone that's listening to this podcast knows this is like my favourite poetry. Um, so yeah, it'd be a shame if it was uh, if I watched it this time and went, well, actually, you know, oh, it's quite dull. So <laughs> you, me. so you, d- you had no, um, you know, qualms about going back and revisiting this story no, then. Yeah, I, 
It's not, it's not a hardship, yeah. really, is it? No, no, no. This this is one. Um, I first saw this uh, on a, a VHS copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of the Aussie broadcast, um, which was was you know it was such poor quality, but I was just fascinated by it. And then when it came out on VHS, um, I just yeah, I I watched it and watched it and watched it. I I, I understand if it's not anyone else's favourite because I do acknowledge that it's got issues but I just I think this one gels for me this is I think this is the most sort of Quatermass oh. experimenty-ish <laughs> I've been waiting for it yeah. I've been waiting for that Q word since we started yeah. it's like how long before he mentions Quatermass you know <laughs> yeah yeah, well, yeah. This, this this is a mix of Quatermass uh, the Professor Challenger story um, when the earth screams uh, and perfect unit era Doctor Who. This is before unit became the hokey everyone's best buddies. This is a proper military outfit in season seven. Mm, yeah. And uh, I think the relationship between the Doctor and the Brig has never been better than in this one. Um, also, I adore Liz Shaw. I should be on the t-shirt. Um, and I think this is one of her best stories as well. Even though for two episodes they sort of don't do anything with her. No. <laughs> so no. the doctor's off on the Apollo and Earth and it's like, oh And of yeah, course it's her last there. story as well, isn't it? Story, this is our yes. farewell to her. Yeah. Just as Benton's coming in properly, she goes out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I also yeah, I think this is probably one of Benton's strongest stories. Certainly one of John Levine's best stories because he's really, really good when he's playing the fascist Benton. And it, it's Worryingly incredible. Good. Yeah, yeah, when you find out that that's a last-minute addition, yeah. Benton was a, it, it was just going to be a nondescript unit soldier, but because Douglas Canfield yeah. had worked with Ian Levine before, he found a role for him. He said, "No, that guy you played in, you know, the Web of Fear, you're coming back, mate." You know. Yeah, and it's it's, it's interesting as well because obviously um, you've got the brig still wearing the season seven unit uh, uniform. But of course, they they didn't have anything for um, John Levine, so he he ends up wearing a parachute smock. Yes, um, and it that that's the turning point I think for Unit where they go, oh that looks so much better. Let's let's put them in real military gear um, because the, the the season seven uniform isn't a great <laughs> uniform. It's just it's it's too polyester for my liking. <laughs> um, but yeah, ev I think everything gels on this. We, I think we've got the best, the best man from the ministry uh, in Sir Keith. We've got the best stubborn, uh, pig-headed scientist in Stalmo. The only thing we haven't got the best of is the, the the monsters. But I don't. Again, I think they were a late addition, and I don't think it needs them. No. It's almost a shame when they appear. It. As well, the primord themselves. It seems that yeah, the original script uh, submitted was just the uh, you know the threat of what's going to happen when yeah. you drill through the Earth's crust, and um, and yeah, there is a threat, but the threat never happened, so there's no real danger. So what do we do about it? And I think it was Terence Dix who who said, well, if you have some sort of parallel world, you can destroy the Earth then. Yeah. Um, and then there was a thought from whoever 
Um, Barry Letts, I don't know. Of um, Let's, you, you've got to stick a monster in it. We've got to have monsters yeah. in it as well. This is Doctor Who. And yeah. I think they were a last-minute addition as well. Yeah, I, and, and that you can sort of tell. I mean, I, I think they, they work all right. I, I, I particularly like the noises they make. And when they're just the sort of the contaminated human, I, that, it works sort of all right, apart from one, one shot, which we'll get to. But as soon as they become full primord, it's like, oh, mm, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I think it could have done without it. I think it would have worked. It, like I say, I don't think they wanted to veer too far away from the monster of the week. No. It was Doctor Who had to have a monster or people wouldn't watch. And I, I think that's doing it a disservice. Or maybe it's a case yeah. of, Christ almighty, we've just destroyed an Earth. Yeah. You know, that's a bit bleak. We've got to yeah. have a bit of action in there and, and something to yeah. take people's minds off of it. Let's have some monsters in there. Yes, you... You're, you're probably right on that because this is a very, very bleak story. This is probably the most adult story you get in, certainly in Pertwee Who. Um, when you think about what's happening and what the Doctor's asking people to do, it's very, very adult and bleak and grim. Mm. All right. Um, but yeah, let's let's, let's, let's get into Brigadier, will you kindly tell me what a... Is this the man? earth are you doing in that get-up? Keep quiet! You'll find it unwise to be insolent. How did you get inside this establishment? I beg your pardon? How did you get in here? Look, your name is Lethbridge Stewart. Yes. Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart. Brigade leader. All right, brigade leader. Have it your own way. And you are Elizabeth Shaw. How did you know my name? You've been spying on this establishment. What are you talking about? Your name! My name? You asked me my name after all the years that you and I... Well, now, wait a minute. Yes, I think I'm beginning to see what's happened here. Um, might I suggest you just call me Doctor? Doctor? Doctor what? Smith. Dr. John Smith. Smith. Yes, of course. And where do you come from, Dr. Smith? Well, this is where we come to the difficult bit. Well? Uh, I come from a parallel space-time continuum. Obviously, he is trying to confuse us, Leader. So, well, let me put it this way. Um, I've been transported from another world, uh, one that is running almost parallel to this one. He's unbalanced. No, I see what he's trying to do. He's trying to make us believe that he's mad. Well, it won't work, my friend. Now, now, look, wait. You are Elizabeth Shaw. I am section leader Elizabeth Shaw, yes. Not a scientist? No. Oh. This is fascinating. So many similarities, it's so many differences. Enough! Now, I want the truth. Tell me, how far down is the shaft that you were drilling? Leader, he is a spy. And Professor Stalman. Is his liver still playing him up? And Sir Keith? How is Sir Keith? Yes, now there's a man who might understand. What do you know about Sir Keith? Only that he's the executive director of this project. Yes, I should very much like to see him. Would you indeed? Indeed, I would. And failing that, Professor Stalman. He's an opinionated oaf, I know, but at least he's a scientist. Very well. Are you taking this man to see the director? Why not? Whoever he is, he'll never leave here alive. Let's start off with um, old Harry Slocum on his bike. Yes. 
Not With, the world's best actor. No, 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 no. Yeah. And there he is, trundling on his little bike with his little yeah. metal tool case. Do you remember when tool cases yeah. were metal and they folded open know, like yeah. that? Yeah. yeah, I had one of them. Um, arriving at this, this refinery place, this drilling place, uh, to fix a pipe for Sir Keith, um, um, which appears to be just tightening up a nut, um, which yeah, anyone, I guess, could have done. Yeah. Well, these were the days, weren't they? Seventies union demarcation. You got to have a special guy to tighten up a nut. A nut um, tightener, yeah. Yeah, this a great. Uh, a, a, I don't know where this is. I don't know whether you know in. I do. Oh, you do. A yeah. great setting for this story. It's already. It's already feel. It's scene one, and it feels oppressive. This place, doesn't it? So, well, you're you're yeah. you're having flashbacks to you know if you're talking about refineries with yeah, exterior ladders, it's flat, it's, it? Yeah. it is, it is, it yeah. totally is. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we've got Sir Keith, and yeah, he is. He he he's a nice character. He's a civil servant, yeah, but he's an okay one, isn't he? Yeah, which is a rarity for Pertwee stories. Um. Season seven seemed to go down this route so like in Doctor and Silurians you had um, Jeffrey Palmer as a civil servant there and again very level-headed doing the right thing um, and then you get Sir Keith here um, and he, again very level-headed doing the right thing I like his glasses got mm -hmm. set horn rims um, as soon as we get to season eight every official you see is too stupid to live. Yeah, and the doctor loathes them on yeah, site, doesn't yeah. he? <laughs> this, this, this is a doc. This is a doctor in season seven, and again, I think season seven is the is certainly Pertwee's best performance as a doctor. Um, this is a doctor that isn't an idiot, so he knows that the the way to to work with people that you think you can work with is to work with them. But equally, he is apps. This is. I mean, it's got some amazing comebacks from the doctor to Stallman. That are just pithy and wonderful, <laughs> um, but not I'm... in the way that they became later on, where you would sort of get annoyed at him. He, he, season seven, he doesn't care really, does he? It's no, like, no, no. He's quite sarky, isn't he? Yeah. Mm. You're never playing you up today. <laughs> yeah, <it's brilliant. laughs> yeah, Stalman. That's when Stalman is introduced, yeah. isn't he? Um, you know, yeah. um, he's got the most amazing comb over in history. It, it, uh, his two looks. Yeah. You know, the two versions of Stalman are quite distinct from each other, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, um, really good. I prefer his evil look. I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. This looks, isn't a he good looks look. In the Nehru jacket. No. This is like I don't know what he's trying to do because he's. I, I, I presume in real life the actor didn't have a comb over like this because they've sort of combed it over, but he's only got half the hair to do it with. <laughs> it's, it's so bizarre. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's. But he, at the beginning as well, he comes across as a an ass, but he also comes across as he might be justified in it. It's he's obviously he think he wants the best for this project. So it's again nicely layered. Later on, as he gets more and more. Uh, paranoid yeah he he's not thinking of what's best for the project but at the beginning yeah it's it's quite a nice little dynamic that he has with the doctor yeah because it, this is his life's work isn't it he's invested you know yeah. years uh, to, to to get to this point and uh, he is yeah. driven um and meanwhile, old Harry, he's he's tightening his nuts isn't he and yeah, uh, he's tightening his nuts yeah and he gets some swarfiga on his finger um, you don't want to get swarfiga on your nuts, do you? No, 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 it no. It gets gritty then. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this this swarfiga seems to instantly turn to green makeup on his yeah. hand. I love I love the fact though. It's like he's, he does the nut up and he looks and there's this green goo 
bubbling out. He immediately touches it. Yes. What's wrong with these people? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't. I know. I know. He might not be the brightest of engineers, no. but yeah. Oh, look. There's some strange stuff oozing out of this pipe that's been, you know, drilled down into uh, into the Earth's crust. I wonder what that feels like. You know. Yeah. yeah so, oh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna touch that. Yeah. It instantly turns to green as if he's. You know, he's, he's used f um, joke soap. Yes. <laughs> you know that joke soap you used to get. Two yes. Hands yeah. Um, but yeah, he. Uh, I love the fact as well that even even this early on, you've got the omnipresent sound of that drill, mm. which so adds to it. The, the sound work in this story is amazing. Um, season seven seemed to have really good sound. I don't know who did the sound mixing. But it's it seemed really a step up. Yes, yeah. No, it is good, and the music's around. good as well. I mean, yeah, you, you know, good. we've got eerie music there. That's when Harry goes all peculiar and and wanders yeah, off. He does, yeah. And and this is you know so that's something that makes me think that yeah, uh, the Primords are you know a late addition because I can never figure out what what this green stuff you know is doing to people because later on harry seems to you know being instructed to sabotage it so yeah. is the green goo sentient in some sort well, of way it, this this is one of the like i say I, i'm not immune to the the story's faults and one of the big faults is we never really get told what is happening as far as the primords yeah so what is the goo what is it just is it like regressing them is it taking control of them it seems to take control i i think you've sort of got to read between the lines because it's you know it was, it was partly based on um the professor challenger story and in that of course challenger was trying to show that the earth was an actual living mm. thinking creature and i think if you go along that route then yeah i think the the, the use is something the earth doesn't want to be penetrated <laughs> don't blame it um it knows it's going to end up destroying everything. I think it's trying to... It's almost nature's trying to stop this. By turning people into hunchback werewolves, somehow. No one said nature was sensible. <laughs> Have that on a yeah. T-shirt as well. Yeah. yeah. You've, but, you've seen Duckbill Platypuses. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. Um, so, yeah, the Brigadier's there, and so uh, is Benton. That They're there to check out, you know, yes. the... Uh, how this guy Harry beat a guy to death with his hot wrench. Um, yes. And that's when the Doctor arrives. And you say there's nice moments between the Doctor and the Brigadier. The Doctor looking at the photo of yeah, the Brigadier and trying to spot which one it is. <laughs> that's a charming little moment. It is. Throughout this, there's little, there's little nods that suggest these two are friends. They do respect each other. You know, there's a little bit of flaring up of temper, like most friendships do. But yeah, you get the feeling they've spent a fair, a fair amount of time together. Mm. Um, yeah, and um, Nick Courtney in this is just, again, I, this is possibly Nick Courtney's best performance. Yes. Um, <clears throat> the Brig is excellent in this. Uh, Benton, I, I love Benton. I mean, I, he was always when I when I was a kid, I always wanted to be Benton. He seemed about. I didn't want to be the Brig. Um, because when I was a kid, this is weird, given that I've got a full beard. When I was a kid, I, I, I thought I don't want to be, I don't want to grow up into an adult and have a moustache or a beard. I, said, I don't like Said the that. says the bearded Ian. 
Yeah, well, I didn't realise as a kid you had a choice. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, you know, you've got black hair, you've got black hair. If you've got blonde hair, you've got blonde hair. You've got a beard, bad luck. Um, it's very, very, very weird. I remember being very enamoured of, of Jim Dale in the Carry On films because he was clean-shaven. So the little you thought that the yeah. people who had moustaches or beards had no choice. Yeah. Their face no grew choice. that That's and there was no what, yeah. way that you could remove it. Yeah, that's just the way you were. Okay. (laughs) That's a nice little insight into Master Margin, isn't it? Yeah, Master Margin. Sat there. When when this, yeah, I would have been sat there at like six, eating eating, eating me cornflakes, thinking, oh, that Brigadier fella, what a poor sort. I don't want a moustache. Yeah, Yeah, I don't want a moustache. I don't know why I didn't want one, because they are fun things to have. Um, I've I've never, ever, ever wanted one. Have you never had facial fungus? No. Well, a beard, yeah, but not yeah. a moustache. I, I mean, if you're going to grow face fuzz, have a beard. Not this halfway yeah, no. thing, you know? Well, you know, for, 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 for almost a decade, I had a... Um, you had, like, a handlebar sort of thing, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, handlebar. So, yeah, it was, it was like um, a Deadwood-style cowboy moustache. Um, and then when I, when I decided, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go clean-shaven and get a couple of years back, you do that thing. Everyone does it if they've got a beard. They'll they'll shave bits off to see what you look like. Yeah. It's the only chance you've got. So there's a series of photos of me. So it's like one where I've got just a goatee. It didn't look right. Then one with just a normal tash. And it just didn't look right. I, 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 I know cool. what you're going to say. Yeah. I know what you're going to say. You know what I'm going to say, don't you? Yes. everyone does it. Because you would have done it. And only yeah. you would have taken a photo of it as well. <laughs> You did. Yeah. You went. You went the full Adolf, I, didn't you? I went full Adolf. Yes. <laughs> um, the, the sad thing is, I looked at. It, I thought that's not bad. Oh no! no oh, you He's ruined that tash, hasn't he? Well, him, only, and, yeah, him and Blakey all, have totally yeah, ruined that's it. True. <laughs> yeah, but it's like all the bad he's done. Evil, evil man. Horrible man. And he's and he couldn't even not ruin a moustache look. <laughs> you just couldn't get away with it now, could you? I suppose you could say you were a Sparks fan, can you? Remember them? Oh yes, the yeah. Drummer yes. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. He did. <laughs> anyway, back to the plot. Back to the plot. Yeah. So yeah, this this place, it's this project to break through the Earth's crust, and yes. and um, you know that because they're after Stallman gas. This supposedly infinitely more efficient gas than North yeah. Sea gas. And they've uh, called in... Got, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, you've got, you got to remember as well, because you start, you think, all of these all of these early Pertwits, they're all about getting power for Britain. And then you've got to remember, oh God, yeah, we, we were having yes. you know, power for three days a week. Yeah, we? yeah, we uh, needed it, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. No, I, I was going to say, um, so Keith has called in this uh, drilling expert from, from Kuwait called Sutton and he he is yeah he is the weak point in this story for me because the actor I don't like this actor Um, he's not a good actor one of the ITC's I can't he was in something he's been in tons of stuff and I remember him from Rising Damp he was definitely in Rising Damp oh of course yes and that's the level that his style of acting is I don't believe for one second that this is some you know Red Adair drilling guy he is he's he's by far the weakest element here I think he he sort of pulls it off but he's got one level everyone else is playing on multi-levels and he's got one level and it's the I'm a cheeky 
cheeky lad, I'm a cheeky per you know what I mean? And, yeah. and a lot of his dialogue, I, I know you got to allow for the times, but a lot of his dialogue, it, it'd be, every day he'd be going into HR, wouldn't he? Yeah. yeah, at least he didn't, you know, come on strong to Petra. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, um, I always expect him to, you know, you're coming out for a drink with me later, but that doesn't yeah. really happen, does it? So that's no. all well, right. Well, there's a there's a brilliant scene later on where he says, where she just she starts to thaw to him, and he he says, "I'll do it, but you got to do one thing for me." And you're expecting him to go come out with a drink, yes, right? and yeah. he's like, convince Stalman to stop, and it's like, okay, yeah, yeah I, I, you've you've worked, you've you've subverted my expectations, but he he is a bit one note. Um, Whereas everyone else, like even Petra, I, I really like the character that she's playing. I think she's really good. I, I, she's another, I don't, I've seen this so many times, she's another person I can't think what she's from or whether I know her from anything or just this. Well, she is um, Douglas Canfield's wife. Oh, yes, Did you're you know right. Yeah. 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 And, and she was a last-minute replacement. They yeah. wanted Kate O'Mara. They wanted the Rani oh, herself right. to play Petra. Yeah, but and this is a, a, a time setter for you. Yeah. The, the reason Kate O'Mara didn't do it was she was making The Vampire Lovers oh, for right. Hammer at the same time. So at the same Sweet time The Vampire yeah. Lovers was being made, Inferno was, was being, being made. made. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, and, and to be fair, unlike um, Kafton, Shirley Cookland, um, I think, yeah, I... I Although if she got it through nepotism, it worked because she's actually a really good actress. No, she is really good, and I love her dress. That is such a seventies dress, uh, yeah. you know. I, well, her her dress and Liz's. Yes. Yeah. Astonishing what what was worn then, wasn't it? Yep. Yep. Um, I, I, another sign of the time and and a time setter for us is the, the big deal that's made out of the fact that the doctor's got a remote control to open the doors. That's brilliant. Yes, <laughs> everyone's impressed by this. A garage door opener. It looks a bit like. It been, it? Yeah. yeah, it looks like a gold version of uh, the Masters' uh, um, black compression thing. Yeah. I.e., it's a it, it's a rod with a knob on the end. Um, well, but that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Th 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 this is high tech, isn't it? That you can That's actually amazing, press a yeah. button and the doors will open. You yeah. know. And it's not only. Uh, it's not like they they introduce it and that's it. Everyone that sees it is amazed by it. Like. It, every every couple of episodes, someone comes in. It's like what? What? This is this is uh, magic. Like, and it's so have, clunky, yeah. isn't it? They yes, have to hold yeah. it up like a magic wand yeah. to get it to work. And then yeah. you've got to wait as the doors oh so slowly open or close. It, it reminds me of uh, like our, our first remote control TV uh, had one of those clicker ones, you know, where yeah. you just it had two buttons on it and you went click click. And you had to get almost within touching distance of the TV for it to work. Uh, and that reminds me of this. Um, also, the blue screen effect is not the best. No, no, no. That, you, 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 you don't believe yeah. that's the real outside, do you? Uh, no. I've seen, um, I've seen fan arguments where people insist that this is the Sonic doing it. It's like, it's not. No. The doctor, yeah, it just annoys me. Yeah. Um, and in that lockup, in that garage, we've got the original TARDIS console, seen for yes. the first time ever in colour. Yeah, first time we see it in colour, it's tatty, and it? You can see the wood grain. Well, Not that there's anything wrong with that, because, you know, as we see in later, you know, New Who, the TARDIS can be anything it wants, so perhaps the Doctor designed it like this. You know? Yeah, and this is the last time we ever see it yes. as well, isn't it? So that but, but colander yeah. you see in the middle... This is the last time we're going to see yeah. it. It's, I mean, it's dilapidated now. I imagine after this show, it, they probably went, yeah, this is no good. It went on the bonfire. You just know it, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Um, Interesting that um, 
because the doctor sort of saying, I think Liz says, uh, Liz said, um, says something like, you can't, that's only part of it. And he goes, yes, it's the most important part. And he's, the doctor's quite confident that he doesn't need the rest of the TARDIS. Mm, yeah. To fly this, yeah. It is a, it's a strange notion of how he got that there and everything. Yeah, you know? I, yeah I don't know how he, uh, how he got that in there. Mm. How did he get out of the TARDIS door? That's what I mean, yes. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, he he's trying to get it to work, isn't he? And you yes. know, and and they've hooked it up to the nuclear reactor in this place, uh, you know, to give the power. And and that's when we have this quite surreal sequence when the Doctor and the Consul disappear, and we have yeah. this trippy, surreal. Very trippy. Yeah. It's very, very good as well. Yeah, it's very it's, good. It's quite eerie, and they, again, it's just like filming it in Miralon and then wobbling it and things like that. But it works really well, um, the fact that it's on film. Uh, but I do love the, um, like, we're, we're putting the whole power of the nuclear reactor through, and it's got the old hammer-esque <laughs> electric switches. Oh, it, yeah. You know, the old, well, them that, down. <laughs> well, that's more, um, you know, universal horror electric switches. Yeah, that's I'm, true, I'm actually, sure yeah, yeah. I'm, I saw, you know, that in the Karloff one. Um, yeah, and uh, he comes back, and... It, it seems that he was on his way somewhere, but he, he never got there, um, and they, th- therefore he came back. Um, yeah, and it was, this, was, this was a new experience for the Doctor as well, wasn't it? He, he doesn't quite know what's going no, on. No, This is not how, it, how he thought it would happen, and he puts it down to obviously the, yeah, the surge. Yes, yeah. And episode one ends with uh, the Doctor in the reactor room, and that's when we get the dodgy-looking Harry coming in. Yeah, I love All this. Green. It's, it's, it's um, I mean, we've 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 been doing it for twenty minutes and we haven't mentioned it yet, but it's very nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> he jumps out in that same he way. Does. He does. You expect the ding yeah. music yeah. as he jumps out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not the greatest episode ending. And uh, not the greatest fair. actor um, acting it either. No. The I, way I'm he looks around while he does it. Yeah, I'm presuming he's a stunt man. Because no, he apparently is an actor, and he was, an and I think he was a friend of Douglas Camfield as well. So they so, used him again. Um, but pleasure. Uh, are you free? Are you free Friday? Why? I want, I want you to play a, a man that jumps out with a blue face. Yeah. Yeah. Well, episode two. I mean, that emergency. It just ends with Sutton just turning off a valve. Um, it's a bit of an anticlimax. The yeah, resolution well, to what was going on. Yeah, we get uh, we get some some stuff with you know the world's stupidest soldier don't we and yeah it's a, the, the resolution to this is a bit suspect i quite like i sort of quite like the fact that that yeah they just turn the switch and it's like yeah it's over because yeah. that's how things work in real life yeah i suppose <laughs> you know i suppose mean? yeah um and we have this up on the roof conference between the brigadier and the yeah. doctor trying to work lovely, out what's going on shot. i don't know why they've gone up there does the brig suspect that Starman's listening in or something. Oh, maybe, maybe, but it, it makes like, some good angles. Shot, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah uh, Douglas Canfield knew how to, um, you know, get the camera down low to make places appear much higher than they actually were. Yeah. Oh, he's he's a he's a superb director. Yeah. Uh, Douglas Canfield, and it shows throughout this. There's some, some amazing directorial work. Um, I do like again this this hammers home the fact that the brig isn't just a, a simpering follower of the Doctor. They're talking as equals mm. during this scene. I love it. This is this is what I want my Doctor and Brigadier scenes to be like. Yeah, yeah. Not 
uh, I'm on another planet. Uh, it might be Chroma. Uh, no. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, another reason they're up on that roof is the Doctor spots, uh, I think it's Bromley, the technician, who's, yeah. who, who's further up. And we've got I don't this. I like, he's up there. No. I don't know why all these primords want to go up where it's cold. I also don't understand, um, you know, they've been exposed to this, like, Swarfiga, and it takes yeah. quite a while until they become werewolves. But, like, Benton and all the others at the end, it's almost, you know, instantaneous. Well, you go straight does, to werewolf. Some, yeah, someone does mention it's happening quickly, and the doctor says, um, the higher the temperature, the quicker oh, the transformation. Oh, I missed that bit. But, um, yeah. but I, don't know why, I don't know why they're instantly, as soon as they start becoming a bit werewolfy they instantly want to climb on top of a gas cylinder i don't well, it makes for yeah you know a tense chase scene and uh, no, no one was more tense than john pertwee because he had a fear of heights and it, apparently he was really oh, crapping really? Oh, yeah he was yeah. crapping himself up there and they had to take oh, him yeah. through it slowly to get him accustomed to it and um you know the 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 guy who's playing Bromley yeah. uh, he had vertigo as well and oh that's why God. yeah if you watch that he never takes his hand off the handrail even though Douglas Canfield was like let go yeah. let go <laughs> I want to see both yeah. your hands he wouldn't he wouldn't let go of the I, handrail I don't blame him I'm not a great fan of heights myself um, I think he does really well then because like, you wouldn't you wouldn't really spot that would you no no um, um, yeah the, the doctor mentions doesn't he as well that the, the noise, the noise that you hear when the drilling is going on, that he's heard it at the eruption of Krakatoa. Oh, yes, because um, he says the last mm. time I heard that noise was at Krakatoa. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't understand. The noise that he's hearing coming out of this, you know, human is the same noise that he heard on an island. Yeah, so I, the only thing I can think, again, I can think of is that which is, again, I suppose it's a little bit ahead of its time in the thinking. Is the they're going with the sort of uh, Gaia Earth type theory on it that the Earth is alive, and so the volcano at Krakatoa was a dangerous thing that penetrated the the Earth's, you know, the, the crust almost, and that's why the Earth was screaming again. Um, the only thing I can think of. Um, mentioning crust, right? Oh yeah. Yep. Where is this crust? I thought I thought we're on the crust, aren't we? The outside of the Earth is the crust. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, they, they mention at one point that they're 20 miles deep. Yes. I don't know how... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google how, how thick is the Earth's crust. I thought... I thought um, unless the crust, the crust is everything apart from the molten ball in the middle. Um, I don't know. I'm, I mean, not, I'm not a geologist. So the Earth's crust is about 30 kilometres thick. Um... Yeah, the crust is the bit that we're living on. So, so, so yeah. if I if if if, if I um, plant a flower in my back garden, I'm yeah. digging into the crust. Then, yeah, you've you've penetrated. Do you hear some screaming when you when it happens? When you're traveling away, do you hear the earth screaming? Now that's a space 1999 one, isn't it? That's true, when you're yeah. talking about plants and screaming. Um, uh, yeah, but only if you're in Luton. Yes. <laughs> Um, so yeah, no, it's oh oh oh. Don't penetrate the crust. Don't penetrate yeah. the crust. We can't have penetration. Um, but everybody's doing it. You, Everyone's you... doing it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure, I'm pretty certain normal oil drilling doesn't that penetrate the crust? You're it's penetrating snowing. the crust. It's just started snowing. Oh, is it? What, what, weird, what weird weather we've had today. Um, perhaps they mean. I, I think. For, I wonder if they're meaning like penetrating the Earth's core. 
Yeah, because you've got mantles, haven't sense. you, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I put my, I put my little Lego figures on our mantle. <laughs> all right well let's yeah. get back on track we keep we keep diverting off let's come back mm. um sir keith has got this jar of swarfiga uh that's yes. so hot it can't they can't analyze it but this yeah. has come up out the pipe i like as well that um they sort of say uh, it can't be analyzed and the doctor's saying something about the people that analyze it and liz goes it was me it's like oh liz well done you've done something scientific yes um yeah, <clears throat> yeah it's so hot that they had to put it in a special heat-proof jar, which amazingly looks like a mason jar with some tin foil yep. stuck to it. But I, you know, I'll, I'll give them that. Um, uh, yeah, they heat—heat uh, heat is everything in this story, isn't it? Really? Yeah, and Stallman picks it up, doesn't he? Yeah. And yes. he puts it back like, in its box. Like an idiot, yeah. yeah, and the doctor says, "I wouldn't have done that if I was you." Yeah. And uh, apparently, he gets some on his his hand, doesn't he? Yeah, he's he's now infected. Um, which I don't know, because it, it seems to take Stallman, he he's takes the longest, doesn't he? What, doesn't to submit? To take, yeah, to submit to this. Maybe it's an intelligence thing, maybe it's a drive, <laughs> but, you, yeah. you know, he just, he wants the drilling fixed uh, to, to, to work, and so maybe what, that... What? What you're saying is, is based. The more intelligent you are, the slower. Is that why Ben <laughs> turns in 20 <laughs> seconds? So he's slower than Harry. Yes. Yeah. He's yeah. Slower than a potato. Let's oh, be bless him. Um, here's another first in this story. This is the oh, first time yeah. we have a v- Venusian, Venusian kar- karate. Karate. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Did um, you know I, it was meant to be Martian originally? It was meant oh, to be yeah. from Mars. Yeah, not Venus. Why? Why did <laughs> I? I, I did they think that no one's going to believe Martian karate, but they believe. <laughs> yes. Why, do, do we know why, or it's just? No, no, no. It was just changed. Yeah. I guess this, it sounds another, fancier. Yeah, this is another thing that um, any fanfic, third Doctor fanfic, mentions. They you have to mention Venusian karate, don't you? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, at least in this, it's. It's it's really handled well. Pertwee does it brilliantly, and I like the brigadier comes in and it's like, uh, Doctor, yes. stop it! <laughs> I can't scientist. Can you see the second or the first Doctor using Venusian no. karate? This is a well, total John Pertwee thing, isn't oh, it? Oh, pure Pertwee, because because Hartnell would have just hit him with his stick. Yes, <laughs> and, you know, wrapped him on the back of the head, um, and Troughton wouldn't have. I can't. Did we ever see Troughton being violent? No, don't I don't think, think so. He would have talked him out of it, wouldn't he? He'd be a very silly man. Um, no, this is pure Pertwee, and by God, Pertwee handles it well. He does, he does. Yeah. He's loving it, isn't he? And quite right as well. Yeah. And episode two ends with the Doctor going off again uh, with the console, doesn't he? Um, yes, the, 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 the console's behaving like... A washing machine when the concrete's become unbalanced. Yes. Have you ever had that? Where it's just rolling around the kitchen. Yeah. And then, yeah, uh, so you can imagine that happening and then blink, away he goes. Yeah. And, uh, and um, via a uh, out-of-focus disco ball, by the looks of it. Yes. Yeah, this becomes the transition, doesn't it? An out-of-focus spinning disco ball. Yes. And a sound, which always just reminds me of when the young ones did the... Uh, flashback thing, yes, and, and wibble wobbled themselves, yes, uh, yeah, it, it, it not dated well, 
but I, I'll let it off. I'll yeah, let it off yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the way right from the get-go we know something's different because the music's different. Instantly, yes. the music's Instantly. different. This, this is really, this is, this is getting into my favourite bit um, because I think we'd ha- we'd had Mirror Mirror the starting episode, but I think this handles it much better. Um, I love the fact that the doctor sort of he first the first thing that twigs him is his door opener's not working yeah 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 it's like it's not working and then he looks at that the the sign on it that says technical stores and it's got that sort of fascist symbol on it and he he doesn't think anything of it and he drives bessie out and then he closes the doors and then it's like hang on <laughs> that yeah. is different yeah, yeah. it's it's uh, it's good because we're we're sort of following this as the doctor's doing it, and I love this when the doctor wasn't all knowing. No, and he's finding stuff out yeah. at the same time we are. Compare this with the god awful tenant one, where the Cybermen one, where they go to a parallel Earth, and the doctor instantly knows what's happening. Yeah. it's like oh, we're in a parallel <laughs> universe, and blah 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 blah. In this, is the doctor ain't got a clue. No. And it takes Same him a while to twig. Yeah, but you've forgotten the 1984 style poster on the wall. Yes, brilliant. Yeah, it's um, it's Jack Kine. Jack Kine. Jack Kine. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> they thought he had the face for it. <laughs> I th- yeah, I th- I think there's a bigger joke there, isn't there, that they perhaps the people didn't like him. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, it's, we, we need a fascist. Uh, okay. It, it works. He's got the face yeah, for it. it. It's, re- you know? it's really good, yeah. The, the, the subtle touches in this, and I love the fact that this, this parallel Earth is only recently diverged, and you could, you could almost, I'm, I'm sure someone has in fan fiction, that the divergent is because they didn't have the Doctor. Right. Well, I was going to save this for later for when the penny drops what's going on and and that the doctor's not there. I was wondering if people have, you know, done fan fiction or whatever that explains why isn't the doctor in this version of the Earth? And when did the rot set in, you know, um, you know, because there is mention that, oh, yeah, the the royal family were all shot. This is a republic now. But how far back did did did, did, did the um, you know the timelines lines um, you know split well, like this? Yeah, I, th- I think it's World War Two, isn't it? So the fascists won, um, and Britain became a fascist state, um, which is weird. But not Nazism. This is this is Italian fascism. The uniforms, the you know the salutes, everything about this suggests Italian fascism. So I. Yeah, I, I wonder, did the Doctor exist in this universe and died, was killed at the tail end of World War Two or sometime in World War II? Um, or is this a universe that never had the Doctor? Um, because it's it's obviously, it's running pretty parallel up to a certain point, isn't like it? Like you say, all the cars are exactly yeah. the same outside, yeah. you know? Up until this point the Doctor's arrived, the two things are, are happening parallel with each other, except yeah. this one is, is, is a little bit more advanced. I, I, li- I like the idea, and I don't know if there has been fiction on it, that the Doctor did arrive, he did arrive, he was there in the early 60s, and he was killed, he was shot, yeah, you know? Yeah, I, I like to think that's, well, it sounds awful, doesn't it? I like to think that's the case. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's very cleverly done as a mirror-mirror-style universe, much more 
intelligently than Star yeah, Trek handled it. Then I'm thinking, right? Say, say they, they, you know, um, you know, they got William Hartnell's doctor and they put him up against the wall and they shot him. Yeah. That means that from that point in '63 to '70 or mid '70s, whenever this is set, any alien threat that came along, the Doctor wasn't there to prevent it. Yeah, you know, so things like Web of Fear and things, unit would have been there, but it had been this um, fascist type unit, but wouldn't the, it? The, yeah, I suppose because the Web of Fear only happened because the Great Intelligence. Had been thwarted by the doctor before, so it could be that stuff. Oh like that. yes, because that was dead, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would that thing would never have happened yeah. back in the thirties. Yeah. yeah, yeah, true. I, mean, I, I suppose it's how, how much, how much, how much of the danger did the doctor bring? I mean, it's, I, I can't remember which superior one it is, but they when they say that might be the Batman one when they said that we never had costume villains before we had a costume crime fighter, and it's, it could be the same thing, couldn't it? That without the doctor there. No one's really interested. Yeah, yeah, that is a good yeah. point. I mean, the whole thing about the Daleks coming to the Earth and yeah. and what have you. You know, if the if the if the Doctor was dead, what happened would would it have happened? Oh, that's another that's another discussion for another time. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's that's perhaps right. If we do a special on the Earth, yes, and we all can right. cover every story that takes place on Earth, couldn't we? Yeah. All right. Well, well, this <laughs> that won't take this, long, this, this yeah. parallel Earth. Oh, yeah, let's focus you, on one, this one. one. Yeah, one thing I spotted this time I never spotted before. The first notion we get that this isn't that this is a, a a fascist hard Earth, which I think is just brilliant. I never noticed it. So in in our Earth, assuming it's our Earth, in the Doctor's room, in, in his uh, hut, as they could call it. He's got lovely wooden shelving, lovely uh, IKEA stroke MFI mm. shelving. As soon as he gets here, hard metal shelving. Yeah, he's it's, it's it, genius. It's such a he says something about touch, oh yeah. somebody's been messing around around with my yeah. equipment or something, doesn't he? Yeah, it's such a clever touch though that, that these are fascists. Therefore, yeah. metal shelves. It's, yes, it's clever stuff. Yeah, just and he sees that stuff. that poster, doesn't he? Purity is strength. Did you get some? Federation Blake Seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vibes yeah. from that. Yeah. And also Jack Kine, his his face always reminds me of uh in the uh the video for uh Pink Floyd's uh Oh yes, yeah the wall. Yeah. Um you know that, that animated head teacher. Looks like Jack yeah. Kine. So <laughs> he does, yeah, yeah. He's got he, the face he, for it. He always reminds me a bit of Frank Muir as well. Yeah, yeah, Frank like an Muir, evil Frank Muir. Yeah. Oh, but being very uh, unkind yeah. to Jack Kine, but yeah. uh, there you go. What, what uh, were your memories about Jack Kine? Well, he looked like an evil Frank Mir. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we get this chase next, don't we? Because, you know, yes. uh, we're, we're, we've got Benton and the other soldiers. They, they start shooting at the Doctor. Yeah, I love this look. I love this look as well uh, for Benton and the, 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 the RSF guys. Like I say, it's very Italian, but really nicely done. And I... I got. I used to have a pair of jack boots just like them. I miss them. <laughs> you miss. I miss my yeah. jack boots, says I miss Ian. My jack boots. <laughs> <laughs> you used to be able to pick up jack boots with ten or a pair. Uh, M sixty five jackets, all sorts yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Not anymore. Good old days. Um, so yeah, we have this terrific run around the refinery. Yes, really good. Yeah. Good, good action. I mean, Dougie Canfield. He was ex-military, wasn't he? I think he so was. Yeah. This is very, very. I mean, this this could. This could be a big budget. This is Get Carter almost, isn't it? This is that sort of level of, of well-directed action sequences. 
Mm. Um, yeah, it's good, good stuff. And I'd learn. I, I don't know whether they were called Havoc at this point, but I love the fact that they built up this stunt team who are superbly equipped for this. So the fights are really well choreographed. The stunts are good. The chase is good. Yeah, I. It's impressive stuff. This. Yeah, this this was the very first appearance of Havoc on Doctor Who, and uh, yeah, 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 it's a dedicated team of young stuntmen, and and they were terrific, um, and they yeah yeah it did all the stunt work on Doctor Who up until um, uh, the Sea Devils, yeah. and it, inadvertently John Pertwee uh, was responsible for their um, you know departing in mm-hmm. that yeah when at the end of the Sea Devils when John Pertwee has to you know get out that hovercraft that's come yeah. back he had a bad back on that day and he said I can't I I can't do it somebody's going to have to stand in for me and uh, is it Terry Welsh Terry yeah Terry Walsh I think Ter- Ter- Terry Walsh yeah he stood in for him and John Pertwee was so impressed by that and he's like right you can do all my stunts from now now on oh, you know yeah. you look like just like me that's really really good and that's when the bbc went why are we paying for a whole company to do the stunts when we only need one man to do it so that's when terry left havoc and havoc yeah. went a, a different way you know it's a shame because it? it really adds a, a gloss to to the you know pertwee's who era yeah and yeah, and, and a, a stalwart of havoc is there because you know um when the doctor goes up onto the roof, he's menaced by Wyatt, one of the technicians, and that's Roy Scammell, yes. who would later on, you know, be famous for doing some of the stunt work as the alien. Um, um, and uh, yeah, when he falls off of that gas it's an tower, thing, height, isn't it? it yeah. But the thing is, that's Roy Scammell who falls off of it, and yeah. when he's shot. The guy shooting him is Roy Scammell. Is <laughs> he? He shot yeah. yeah, so that's Roy Scammell as the soldier shooting Roy Scammell as the scientist. And when he did that fall, it was 50 feet. Yeah. And at that time, it broke the uh, the world record for a fall on a TV show. Wow. Yeah. It is, it's so impressive. Um, I hope he got paid twice for shooting himself. Probably yes. Not <laughs> and, you know, it being, you know... Uh, back then i mean his fall was stopped by him landing on mattresses and foam yeah. rubber on top of a six foot high pile of empty cardboard boxes old school old school very old school yeah um and then straight after that i like this build-up we get of the reveal of liz because yes. you, you see this woman you just see the back of her head uh, she turns like, around to look at the doctor yeah. and it's liz I, how does the doctor recognize her though unless it's her legs because she walks past him and he looks out and she's in a different wig and he Liz. Yes, that's yes, true. What, mm, doctor. Maybe mm. it's her perfume. Yeah, and um, yeah, she pulls out uh, what was the PPK? She does. You know, she does, yeah. I like, I like that. Yeah, and, um, and, and marches him off to the brig. Yeah. Not she's the brig as in the building, yeah. uh, no, Joe, no, Joel, so, yeah. the brigadier. Although he's not yeah. the brigadier, is he? Although, yeah, I, I do like the, the doctor keeps calling him Brigadier, and then he finally gets used to calling him Brigade Leader, and then when he comes back, he starts <laughs> calling him Brigadier, Brigade Leader. Brilliant. But yeah, we get that, that classic reveal that's, that became, it was a staple of conventions. Every time John Pertwee or Nick Courtney was at a convention, they would have to give this story about the eye patch store. Yeah. You know, about where he, they were all wearing eye patches as a joke, and the brig turned round and 
just carried on with the scene. Yeah, well, he was a professional, professional, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and he's super. The makeup's really good. I like the scarring he's got, and he looks great with a with an eye patch. Um, but yeah, it's good. Good scene. Do you think this is deliberately? They they had seen Mirror Mirror, and you know you've got evil Spock, and he's got a goatee, and that's a nice simple device yes, to say. Yeah. It's I, the same I, sort of thing, isn't it? I think it's exactly the same principle. Um, and and to I I think <clears throat> I mean no, I don't think anyone's ever come out and straight said it, but I think yeah this they would have seen Mirror Mirror because Trek was you know seventy onwards Trek was huge in the UK, mm-hmm. so I think they would have seen it, and it's definitely it's got a lot of the tropes of Mirror Mirror, um, but yeah I think you're right it's just a way of instantly showing this isn't. I mean, because they could have gone down the route where everyone appears the same, and it's gradually the Doctor works out, you know, little little differences, and he works out. But this, I think, that would have been too subtle and too long-winded. So I think this is this is nice. I mean, the Doctor, bless him, the Doctor takes a while to yes to work this out, and this shows that the Doctor has never visited other dimensions before, because right. he says it's what what. What an interesting theory! It must be right, you know. Despite what fifty years of fan fiction have really yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. And in this parallel uh, Earth, you know, Liz isn't a scientist. We later find out, you no. know, that uh, she could have chosen to do it, but she chose not to. It's like a sliding doors moment, isn't it? You know, it is. And it, it, it's that scene is later on, but that scene is handled so well. And I love the fact that gradually Liz realizes he's right and the doc through sheer dint of of charm and personality the doctor brings these people over to his side yes to the point where they're willing to die for this idea it's it's astonishing and i love the fact it takes sort of three episodes to do yes rather than a a quick see this is when it is good that it's a seven episode story because you've got time to gradually you know drip feed all this stuff in you know yeah yeah, I, and that, that this is why this one works so well for me. Um, the other th- int- really interesting fact is this mirror universe, let's call it the mirror universe, it's easy. This mirror universe um, has less rampant sexism yes. than our own universe. So Petra is called uh, a doctor, quite rightly. She's, mm-hmm. she's in charge. Greg's very much less being the Jack the Lad yeah. trainer out. You know, you've got uh, Liz, who's a high up in this fascist army, um, yeah, they're, they're they're a bit progressive in that respect. Yes, and they're progressive in this in in this uh, exercise because they're further ahead, aren't they? That's that's going to yes, be crucial yeah, at the true, end yeah. that they are they are a bit further ahead than the well, other again, one. I, th- I think that's a I think that's a a sly sort of play on the old myth that um, you know fascism may have been bad, but you've got the trains running on time. Mm. You know, which yeah. it, it, it didn't, but but I I think it's a play on that. Um, it's it's very much like um, the play on the, in in Judge Caligula, isn't it? Mm. When he's brought down by the fact that he gets the postal service working really well. Yes, and yeah. his doom is delivered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. brilliant. Um, but yeah, they they're they're ahead. I think they're what thirty nine hours away. Something from like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I um, love this ticking clock element as well. Ticking clock. I'm not usually a fan of ticking clocks. It's artificial. You know, we've got to we've got to get this thing in place within 24 hours. Why? Uh, 
at least there's a reason for this and it, it works really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, a question here is that this Stallman, this alternate Stallman. Oh, funky Stallman. Yeah, yeah, he and Petra, yeah, um, nice outfits. But he's got the stain on his hand, yes. hasn't he, right? Yeah. But the Stallman we saw, he got the stain on his hand due to the influence of the Doctor, right? The Doctor was yeah. there. All this is... And, and what happens to Wyatt and, and Harry and that is all because the Doctor's there. But in this universe... The doctor's not there to make things happen. So, how did Stallman get this? Stallman get the stain on his hand. Well, I don't know whether this is whether this is um, sort of making the fact, which is true, that at, when we when we first were in our Earth, the doctor's not involved, is he? He's he's upset Stallman. He's not involved. He's constantly doing the oh, what do I care? I'm fixing the TARDIS. So I don't know whether this is the thing to say that. The doctor's had such a little involvement that this would happen without him anyway, and it's only from this point on that he gets involved in the story, mm. uh, or whether it's just a, uh, a a plot device to to keep them the same. Because this is trouble with parallel universes, isn't it? And and it works. It works once. So like Mirror Mirror, the first one in the original series, worked because it was it was a, a it wasn't it meant to be taken seriously. It was a a way of making a point and blah 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 because as things diverge why why is why is uh, greg sutton there mm. why is sir keith who is an honorable guy why is he still a minister why would he be a minister in this yeah. fascist government well he's dead though yeah. in this one because he well, looks yeah, like he was he bumped a... off because he was trying to stop the project so starman just had him <laughs> killed yeah rather than just trying to get him lost yeah in, bribing in the chauffeur Earth. to go the long yeah. way round yeah 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 um so these things they they never hold water the minute you think about them they never hold water so i suppose we got we've got to say that you know this is this is karma or something he's he's probably just he's seen the sore figure coming up and he's gone oh, put me hand in that yeah so Which it was going to happen to him yeah. no, no matter yeah, which way so. it happens all right um back in the regular world um they can't find the doctor um, and they keep talking about that it's getting near to penetration zero, which yes. made me snigger every time they said yeah. that. Um, and We're then, kids, yeah, and then back in the parallel, the doctor's been locked up. He's in this cell, isn't he? Yeah. And he realised. Well, we, we, yeah, we got the, the brilliant line as well that we had when he, the brigadier, he's trying to convince the brigadier in his office when he says, I don't exist in your world, Brigadier. And the brigade leader goes, well, you won't feel the bullets when we shoot you. Yes, and yeah, that's yeah, a good one as well. <laughs> yeah, it's a good, good line. And then, yeah, he get, they send him off to this jail. And, um, he, yeah, he's put in a cell, but next to uh, this body under a, a blanket, which you, you couldn't, you should have had a neon sign above saying, <laughs> uh, plot device. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because I, I don't understand what, what how this guy got into here. So did did he like touch touch some green goo and collapse and they thought lazy bugger will put me in jail? How has he ended up in jail? I don't know. And they don't know that he's turning. And he can very easily bend through bars. You'd think he would have yeah, just done that, that immediately. Or maybe he just needed a nap to get his strength back. Um, well, he only seems able to do that on the interior bars, doesn't he? He doesn't seem to be able to do it yeah, on the exterior yeah, bars. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah, he, he he wakes up, he kills the guard, he bends the bars, you know, and the doctor legs it. 
Um, and that episode ends with the penetration, which is nice and dramatic. Yeah. Um, all good stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, and in the next episode, we get this uh, quite nice model work uh, of, yeah, of, of, really the, of the place starting to blow up. Um, so and again, very, very Quake Mass vibes of, you know, in Quake Mass the Pit, where the, 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 the smoke and the lights coming up from the pit, mm. you know, and this is the same. So, yeah, the, 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 the shaft penetrations, shafts, <laughs> uh, the shaft area has got all this crap coming out of it. It's really good. Good yeah. models as well. I don't know who built them. Ian Schoons. Ian Schoons. Uh, good old Ian Schoons. Schoons. We've just been talking about him over yeah. on Effectively Speaking, haven't we, yeah, in Blake Seven yeah. in character. Yep, yeah, no, that's a, that's a model. Ian Schoons, he made the, the miniature of the drill for, you know, the effect of the drill working. Um, and he also made this exterior miniature of the place blowing up. Apparently, um, yeah, they couldn't use plastic uh, an awful lot, so they used a yeah. lot of metal containers, including saucepans, but okay. they, yeah, they they took the handles off first. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, it might yeah. not look as good. Yeah, it? and then blew it up. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's really nice explosion, nice model work, isn't it? it well, yeah. this is uh, uh, as we say, this is Ian Schoons, and he hadn't long started working on Doctor Who. He had, ju- he had just left uh, Jerry Anderson, uh, Century Twenty One, uh, to come and work for the BBC. So yeah, he, he's bringing across all the experience yeah, of, of of the massive this, explosions yeah. in those shows. Yeah, because other than the fact that it's obviously filmed on like 16mm rather than glossy 35mm that um, ATC and that used, ITC used, um, it's, it's definitely of, of Jerry Anderson quality, this yes. modern shot. Yes. I, I was very impressed. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, inside, Stalman closes the door so things can't yep. be stopped. You, you, you know, this blast door he, he, he's closed down. And uh, he gets a technician and rubs his face in the Swarf Eager. Yeah. To convert him, so th- it is sentient. Whatever this is doing, it, it it's, yeah, it's instructing the human it, to yeah. do things. Yeah, yeah. So it's at least at, at the basic level, it's given them an urge, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Um, I like the fact that you know um, it's only through uh, you, you, you know words we find out that there's massive seismic. Uh, yes. occurrences all over England as far as Leeds I think somebody as as says Leeds, yes. of course you never see a model shot of Leeds shaking and falling down no. um, we, can't, we can't afford that yeah I do like that that like instantly the uh, the reports start coming in and that's that's the big you know it's a disaster because it's hit Leeds yes <laughs> is there anything above Leeds nah nah it doesn't matter Leeds, does it mate. no 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 or um, for the M25 mate nah not interested <laughs> and the doctor says it's it's just going to be a matter of days before the earth is going to be destroyed and there's nothing he can do about it you know um and you know all he can do is return to his own version of the earth yeah. and stop it happening there yeah this uh, is this is where he sort of he, he starts the idea that that there's no he, these people have got to just accept that they've knacked their earth and they're all going to die but they've got the opportunity to save an Earth that they don't even really believe in. No. It's, it's astonishing to watch Pertwee. I don't, I don't want to use the word charm, but he uses logic and rational thinking to to convince these people to be better than they are. Yes. I mean, you know, stuff knew who and all the bloody, you know, the the tell don't show thing of how great the Doctor is. Watch this. Yeah. This is this this is this is 
how the Doctor should be. I love it as well that Liz, although Liz is a, a happy little fascist, um, she grew up the same same girl, didn't she? Yes. To, yeah. You know, up to a certain point, and the, just talking to her, the Doctor works this out and sort of. You can see, I mean, great, again, great acting from these two. Yeah, yeah. And I love the fact as well where Liz, faced with certain death, Liz, Greg, uh, they they sort of, they go, okay, we'll rise to this. But the brigade leader instantly shitting himself. And he's, yeah, I, 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 li- I like how the character breaks down at the end. But right now yeah. it's like, oh, you you can take us with you, you know, take us with you. Yeah. And, and the doctor's saying, no, 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 because it will create a paradox. Um, yeah. You know, I, 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 I can come to this world because there's not a me here, but I can't yeah, take you but back. Yeah, there's you in yeah. the other world, yeah. Yeah. Um, and in the uh, control room, that's when Stallman comes out, along with all these other primords. Yeah. Um, and Benton is transformed almost immediately, as you say, I guess, because it's uh, got a bit hot in there. Yeah, it's so hot. Yeah, or, the... as you say... Yeah, there's not a lot of uh, intelligence to block it. No, no, no. There's not much of a barrier to stop the transformation. Yeah. Um, and, oh dear. Um, the, the the trouble, I think, now watching it on DVD with a big TV is you just see the effect of the primords. The worst bit for me, I think, are the teeth because they look just like comedy werewolf teeth that you used to get with Shiver and Shake or yes. something like that. Well, it's, it's really... It's really weird because we get so Benton gets gooified, and then we get quite a nice um, time lapse, roll back and record type transformation, very Lon Chaney esque. Mm. But then, then they cut to him midway through, and it's like they've just coloured his nose in, oh. and he look he looks like a like a furry or someone like that. I'd forgotten like, about oh, the nose. Yeah. The nose, the nose reminds me of um, you know. Oh bloody hell! The, the I mean, I, I love the howling. You know, I think yeah. it may be my favourite werewolf film of all time. But at the end, when D. Wallace transforms into that little poodle. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. No werewolf on camera, and she's got a little black nose, and it's like, uh, no, no, no. (laughs) Yeah. And then he then he turns full, uh, full primord, and you get that classic shot, the the photograph, and that's in everything. But yeah, when you're watching it on DVD, um, yeah, it's not the best. The teeth are bad. The nose is bad. Yeah. Makeup's not great. The hair. I don't know why their hair's gone like that. What are they meant to be as well? I don't quite know. Hunchback werewolves. But yeah, you you could sort. I mean, I don't. I just don't get it. I don't understand it. You could cut this bit out, and you wouldn't miss it. <laughs> but I don't understand what they're meant to be. Are they meant to be like a? Is this what humanity used to be? Why is the Earth? If the Earth is fighting them, why is it done them like this? I I don't know. I yeah. like the way. I mean, when you don't see them in close up and you see them as a group running around. Um, when you see Ian Levine. Um, uh, you know, he he nicknamed himself John, John Levine. Yeah, sorry, yeah, wrong you in, yeah, if you if you yeah. saw if no. you saw him being running around <laughs> as a werewolf, as a hunchback werewolf. No, I'd yeah. rather not. All right, no, I'll stick with Benton. Um, yeah. He he called himself Richard the Third while he was yeah. doing that because of the hump. Yeah. And, yeah, and all got humps. Yeah, weirdly. and when you see him and he's hunched over, it is look it looks like he's doing. You know, when like yeah. Max Wall would pretend yeah. to be Laurence Olivier. 
acting as Richard III. Yeah, he's doing that because he's holding his arm withered. Yes. And he's doing that. Oh, and he's got the know. hump up. Yes. You know, yeah. yeah. It's not It's not the great. When they, they come running out, yeah, it's not good. What's really, what's really bizarre on this is, I don't know whether it's just me, but even with all this, which should derail this completely, you're not. You're still absolutely mesmerised by this story, mm. and it doesn't kill it dead, which I think is is testament. Can you imagine this in anything else? If these were the main monsters, uh, uh, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I, it would it would feature lower on our um, list, wouldn't it? It certainly would. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well. This is, I think this is, at this point, this is where the padding starts because you've got the Doctor and the others, they get locked in a cell, in, in, not in a cell, in the office, don't they? They get yeah. locked in the office. Um, and then they manage to escape, um, you know, by, you, you, because the primords, they've smashed the window, but they, they've got a handy fire ex- extinguisher yeah. to keep firing. And then they jury-rig the coolant, Sutton jury-rigs the coolant um, to make a big fire extinguisher, if you like. And uh, yeah, they run this, out... This... Yeah, I was going to say, it's pure paddiness. Mm. You get this in, in almost all of... Everything apart from Spearhead from Space, you get this in the other three season sevens where there's one episode that's almost pure padding. Uh, it's just a shame they didn't save these episodes up and just do another story. Mm. It, was, it was all budgetary, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I like when, when they go outside, everything is now got an yeah. orange filter on it. And, yeah, and, yeah. and it's all shimmering. It reminds me of um, the day the Earth caught fire. They did a similar yes, thing yeah. for, for the end yeah. of the world there. Yeah. And it, um, it's a simple effect, but it works. It works really well. It does. You it does. this Earth is sick. So, again, very, um, very much like Quatermass conclusion. Yes. Oh, yeah. Same yeah, yellow yeah. effect. Didn't yeah. Um, and we've got more padding because back in the real world, we've yeah. got the whole thing with Sir Keith and the chauffeur and yeah. saying, oh, that doesn't look like the M1 or whatever. Um, so, yeah, because he, he's been delayed, so he can't come back and stop the thing until it's too late. Yeah. this Again, you're absolutely 100% right. This is pure padding. There's no need for this scene. It's, <coughs> it's, it's a nice, nice scene. To, to see him. Yeah. It's a nice scene. But, yeah, there's it, it doesn't really do anything other than tell you what you're, you're later told about but yeah it, it's, it's a nice scene I do like the fact that the crash occurs because the guy turns around to uh, yes. apologise <laughs> and we don't see the crash of course either they've no, got no money not. for that it's just the sound effect um, the Doctor and Sutton go to the TARDIS console and yep. um, I, that line that the um, when Sutton yeah. says, "Oh, is this is it?" and the Doctor says, yeah. "What did you expect? Some sort of space rocket with Batman at the controls, right?" Yeah. In the script, it was Buck Rogers, not Batman. Oh, right, which makes more sense. It makes more sense, but Batman yeah. at that time was very much, you know, a big thing still. So I don't know if it's John Pertwee who just decided to ad lib it and change it from Buck Rogers to Batman, but yeah, it was meant to be Buck Rogers. Right, that would have made more sense because yeah, because Batman's not really renowned for travelling in rockets. No, it? no, he had a bat plane, but it I don't think mean, he had a bat yeah. spaceship. It does mean though that that uh, presumably one of the Doctor's incarnations used to watch Batman, mm. or at least read, or the, read comics. the comics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we know the Peter Cushing version read the Eagle. 
That's true, yes. You know, so we know the Doctor and is a comic Pete, reader. Peter Cushing did visit the Earth's core as well. He so did. He did, yes. Yeah, he didn't see any Swarfiga when he was down there. No, he doesn't, right. Just Caroline Munro. Oh, can you imagine if, you know, you touch the Swarfiga, you turn into Caroline Munro? But that means Benton would turn into Caroline Munro. That's not... A, oh, no, it's no. Really good for me. Wouldn't, wouldn't it have been good, though, if, um, if when they penetrated... What, Caroline Munro? Climbs out <laughs> in, in a fur bikini. <sighs> <laughs> that was almost a joint sigh then we did yeah synchronized sighing why do all of our um, podcasts end up with us sighing over Caroline Munro we should from now on whatever podcast we do we should try and, and, and do that as much as often yeah yes I think so yeah alright okay okay so where were we <laughs> yeah uh, well, talking about Caroline's, we've got Liz putting yes. uh, the brig in his place because she's yes. she's now believes the doctor doesn't she um, she does, yeah. She, she, the doctor's brought her around, and she's quite willing. This is, this is. Um, I was watching this and thinking, did you ever watch uh, Chernobyl? The no, no, never saw really it. Really good, e- excellent, excellent. And there's there's sort of scenes in that which are very similar to this, but this was like fifty years ahead of its time, um, where basically people know they're going to die, but they have to stay in place because if they don't. Others will die, and it's the same sort of thing. It's re- this is top, top drama, really. Mm. It's not even, it's not even top top two. This is this is some top notch acting stuff. Yeah, no, um, it is it is great stuff. Yeah. But unfortunately, we've still got more padding because we've got the whole thing of Petra trying to wire everything back up, and then that takes forever. Um, and then she and the Brigadier and Liz join the Doctor and Sutton at the TARDIS console to say that it's not working. And that's at the point, that's when uh, the Brigadier, he loses it, doesn't he? Yes. Um, yeah, he, uh, his true colours come through. Yeah, and he, he realises he's powerless, and that's when he just becomes the snivelling coward. Yeah. Well, he's presumably not been used to this before, has he? Mm. This is, you know, he's used to giving an order and being the one in, in control. Um, and he's suddenly faced with a situation where yeah, I think I think Greg or someone says something, doesn't he? he? Says you can't bully your way out of this. Yes, I think it is yeah. Greg. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Petra has to go back again because it's still not yeah. working. She has to rewire it again. Uh, yeah, and this f- is this is this is real pad in this. It's like I couldn't do it. I'll go back and try again. <laughs> There's mm. not enough time between it to make it anything other than this script was flagging. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it'd be nice to if if. I mean, I, I I absolutely love this, and I think the the build intention in this parallel Earth is just astonishing. Um, but yeah, they could they could have perhaps used this time for perhaps fleshing out some of the what's happening on our Earth type mm. shots. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's pure pad. And I love the fact that like she's she's rerouting the entire power of a nuclear power station. And it, you can do this by just using an old uh, chocolate block yes, and yeah. swap the wires around. <laughs> Blimey! So this this nuclear power station is very similar to our sheds. Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. good grief! Simpler times. Simpler times, yeah. Yes, and uh, but finally she does get it working. Yes, and, and she goes back, and that is at that point that the brigadier he's now got bullets in his gun, and he orders the yep. doctor to take them with well him with him. Um, and that's when he, he's yeah. shot by Liz, isn't he? He's killed yeah, he's, by Liz. Uh, he's he's got a P thirty eight, 
because mm-hmm. he's you know he's a manly man. But yeah, Liz Liz shoots him again. Lovely scene. It's a class. It's a cliche now, isn't it? But where you, someone's pointing a gun and you hear a gunshot. Yeah. I mean, it was in the War Games, wasn't it? Yes, the same yeah, sort yeah. of idea. Yeah. Um, but it works so well here. Yeah, you get a nice little fight scene as well with him and and uh, Greg. Yeah. Um, inter- it's again interesting. So ahead of its time in some respects that the guys are spending the you know the last hour of their lives fighting the women are getting on with it yeah yeah <laughs> fixing stuff yeah. I mean, it's, it sums everything up really mm-hmm. and that's the end of the world isn't it because you know yeah. by splicing you know uh stock footage of volcanoes and stuff and yeah. uh and a bit of cso of lava at the door that's yeah. the doesn't, end of the world doesn't quite work it's a good episode ending it doesn't quite work the model shot um, I think they're too close yeah. to the lava. Yes, it I gives away so, the yeah. scale, you know. Well, I, I imagine that this was meant to be a more substantial because, as the lava's rolling forward, you see like there's a, a, a like a guard tower or electric pylon that goes over, and I imagine there must have been other buildings under that. Perhaps it didn't come out, mm. but that it could have done with something like that. It, it's very much the it, that you, you've got no sense of scale really on no, this. No, no. Like I say it's too it's too close to the door as well. Yeah. And that's when uh, episode six ends, doesn't it? With that, it does, and yeah. and, and uh, the last episode, uh, the Doctor's back, back in the lockup. Yeah. He... No journey scene. We get no disco ball or anything like that. He's back. Yeah. Um, well, he, he comes back weirdly on film, mm. and then cuts a mate straight to the studio. And it, I don't know why why they did that. Because mm. um, it's not it's not like it's even an elaborate stunt or anything. Is it? It's just and he's there. Um, yeah, luckily Liz is in in his hut. She's been mooning over the fact he's gone, um, and uh, yeah, she. I, I love the fact it's like she just runs to the door and it's like Benton. Yes. <laughs> um, Stallman, meanwhile, yes. you know, um, he keeps looking off into the distance. It does sound like somebody's talking to him. It, 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 it he's getting yeah, orders, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense if. This is a a, a, a a driven thing, isn't it? It's, yeah, that makes a lot more sense than if they're just regressing. Because why wouldn't they just lope off to the nearest woods? Yes, yeah. And lark about. But he, he's know. still arguing with Sutton. I love yeah. the line when Starman says, it's only a minor emergency. Yeah. You know, well, an emergency's an emergency, isn't it? You know? Well, again, it, 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 I had such sort of flashbacks watching it this time to Chernobyl. Because um, there's a, a, like scenes in that where the, the the you know the party loyalists are trying to play down. It's, it's, it's a minor incident. Yes, like the nuclear yeah. reactor's just blown up, mate. Yeah, it'd be yeah. fine. We've forgotten to say that the doctor's in a coma, isn't he? Um, yes. And um, you know he's he's mumbling in his coma about reversing things. Yeah, I think this is is this the first. Reverse the polarity of the nuclear it, It's something? almost it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which they do. They they, they take his instructions. Yeah. They reverse it, and uh, that's at that point. That's when Sir Keith returns. He's not dead. He's got a broken arm. Yeah, and I, I I'm quite happy he survived in this earth. Yeah. You know. I well, the doctor is. He he, he does. He says, "Oh, excellent, excellent. You know, you're still alive." And it's like, it's uh, <laughs> Keith's like, yeah. what? "What?" Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad about it myself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, so the doctor he finds out you know that things are um, you know still progressing. So he he he, he runs to the control room. He he oh, forcibly so say, tries to stop that, things. Another, another first. 
so the doctor comes back and he's, he's saying that um, there's infinite multiverses there's infinite yes. universes and that free will is not an illusion and that that that's sort of the most important up to this point the most important development in Doctor Who to that point because that frees them up yes the, the past and the future I mean it's a shame we've now got fixed points in time and crap like that but that that frees up any like you know in Pyramids of Mars where he goes takes Sarah back to 1980 and it's a desolate yes, hellhole yeah. and it's like that's not my night this is this is this is the point at which history can be changed yeah, it's re- yeah it's, it's we have a multiverse now yeah. don't we in we Doctor well yeah. before bloody Marvel yes yeah 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 so um, yeah I mean the Doctor comes along he forcibly stops things happening but he's taken out um, and uh, that's when Starman locks himself in and uh, as a play with a sore figure yeah and, and yeah, it's tra- a really weird thing, isn't it? Because he, he sort of gets it on his hand and then he goes, ah, on his yeah, face. Yeah. It's so, it doesn't quite work, that, for me. And I don't understand, why does he come out? I mean, um, he, he's in there, isn't he? You know, yeah. he, 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 if, if they can't get in there, they can't do anything about him. But he comes out. Yeah, um, he comes out, which, which scuppers his entire plans, really. Yeah, because they turn the drill off. Um, yeah. Hmm. And, and a bit that, of an idiot, really. Yes. <laughs> And and it's it it seems to be a happy ending for for everyone, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, it's it's really nice because we get we get a nice send off with Sir Keith, and it's really nice that that Pertwee, well the third Doctor, sorry, and Sir Keith, that you get a feeling they're firm friends sort of thing after. You know, what I mean, it's nice. This. Yes. it's not the normal sort of antagonistic Pertwee. I think he's he's still enjoying being on Earth. Yeah, um, and he wants to go, doesn't he? He clears yeah. off. He, he he's rather rude to the brigadier. Yeah. Says, "Well, goodbye, my dear," uh, to to Liz. Yeah, he um, goes, "I will miss you," and then he calls the brigadier a pompous, self-opinionated idiot. Yes, um, which is lovely, and I love the brigadier's face. Yeah, it's just it's a, it's it's great. Percy plays it well. It would be good if it just ended like that, but he he's just gone yeah. sideways a bit because he's a, he's arrived yeah. on the uh, the site's rubbish tip, hasn't he? Yeah, he's gone. He, he says weird. He said because he comes to the door and it opens, and Liz goes, "Where where did you go?" And he goes, "Oh, just a, a minute ahead," which doesn't quite work. If he'd have gone a minute in the past, that would have allowed him time to get off the rubbish tip and yeah. get to the door. Yeah. But if he's a minute ahead, that gives him about three seconds to yeah. get there. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he goes uh, the um, a hundred yards onto the rubbish tip. Yeah. Which means there's a there's a rubbish tip on this nuclear on this power thing. station, <laughs> which is a weird concept. But I do like I I like what happens next because he apologises yeah. to the brigadier yeah. and off they go. Quite, yeah, these it's two quite chums, sweet, isn't it? Yeah, it I, is. It's, it's super. I love it. It's my. I say I think it's. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's the best poetry. I mean, I think it is, but best is so subjective. But it's certainly my favourite poetry. Hmm. Um, it's too long, I'll give you that. Yeah. Uh, but I do, I thoroughly enjoy it. I think it's, it's, it's really good. It's, it's not the best of send-offs for Liz, though, is it? Because it, it no, just ends well, with Liz yeah. laughing, and that's the last time, until Dimensions in Time, um, we ever see Liz. Yeah, well, Liz, Liz got sort of short shrift, didn't she, from, from Doctor Who? That, like, when I, I remembered... Um, 
Katie Manning, I remember Sarah Jane Smith. But when, when I was first starting, you know, you got the Doc 2 program and you're reading about Liz and then you read the targets and Liz, thinking, who the hell was Liz? Mm. I didn't remember her at all. And then you watch the, you know, when you finally can watch the stories, she was brilliant. I think she was the best of the Pertwee companions for what was needed. I love the fact that she's a scientist, that she's as clever as a doctor. The doctor is not patronising to her at all and respects her from day one. I think it's mm. superb. And yeah, she got no real send-off. No. I know it wasn't because she, she got pregnant, didn't she? And, and Barry she was going to leave anyway. Um, yeah, even yeah. before they said um, we want to change the companion is there any truth in this that John Pertwee didn't like the fact that Liz was intelligent and he wanted someone more that he could that, explain things to I, 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 I think there's probably an element of that I think that's used a lot post hoc to, to justify things yeah they say that John Pertwee wanted he wanted the, the sort of the mother hen role for the Doctor, and I, I'm not entirely sure that isn't anything other than a, a, a you know, a retcon justification. Um, but I think that there's possibly an element to that. Mm. Um, that, that, I mean, I hope not, and there's certainly nothing from what the other actors say. At this point, I don't think Pertwee, Pertwee was very much a, um, a group player, and he wasn't he wouldn't hog the screen and things like that. But certainly later on, sort of people say that about him, don't he? That he knew where to stand and he knew where to do this and he knew where to do that. Well, this was his first proper serious yeah. acting job, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I've I've never heard, I've never heard Pertwee say it in interviews outright. I don't think. Right. Right. Okay. Um, I don't think so. Anyway, someone someone will probably correct me. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I think he worked. I think the Doctor worked better with Liz than he does with Joe because I, I'm not a great fan of the the relationship between the Doctor and Joe because it was it was almost one of Blackadder and Baldrick. Yes, it? yeah, because, yeah. That's uh, very often you know, that's how Joe was represented. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Why? Why? If you're if you're a really clever person, why would you surround yourself with an idiot? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we move on to tallies and all our usual um, waffling at the end of every episode, one last question from this story: um, What happened to Stallman? Um, we we never really find out. Can you come back from penetration? Yeah, yeah. Can you come back from penetration? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't. I, I I think he's probably dead, but they don't mention it. No. Again, what cut out some of the padding? And extend the end, mm. and it, you you could have done that. Had a scene, you know, either kill Stalman off and say, "Yep, he's dead," blah, 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 or they've come up with a cure, or they're working on it, but it'll never be done. Yeah, something like that. It's, I mean, to be fair, Pertwee's stories never really ended particularly well, did they? It's like Day of the Daleks, things like that. It was like, as soon as the adventures over, we're off down the pub. Sort yes, of thing. yeah. There was never a great sort of tying up of, of stories um, but yeah it, I don't know I, I like to think he's in a hospital bed somewhere <laughs> growling growling away yeah um, so we've got an earth date we've got an approximate yes. earth date haven't we oh, well, two earth dates yeah. um, um, this is one I think we clump into the mid 
1970s sort of thing. Yeah, I think so. We? Yeah. Um, and, and already there, the stories we've uh, uh, discussed already in that sort of area is uh, the Sea Devils, Southeast England in the Sea Devils, yeah. uh, the Time Warrior, and uh, Web of Fear, the second Doctor, we reckon yeah. was somewhere in the mid-70s in the Web of Fear. All right, so... <clears throat> Here we go then. Um, right, so we've decided we're going to do three adversaries this week, yes. aren't we? Yeah. Um, do you want to do each that, one so. one by one, or? Yeah, let's do let's do them one by one. Okay. All right. Who do you want to feature first for uh, their let's, design? Let's do let's do Stallman first then. All right, Stallman so, design yeah. wise, just just visually. Visually. Well, we've got I two Stallmans. Yeah. We've this got two Stallmans. <laughs> oh, it's getting it's more confusing. Um, Okay, so yeah, I prefer Stalman. I prefer Evil Stalman's look. Yeah. It's much cleaner. I like. He, he really suits a Nero suit. It's, it's bizarre. Most people don't. Um, I, I like his look. I don't. I'm not a great fan of his his normal Earth look because his comb over is just bizarre. Um, but I think yeah, I think if we if we give him a a collated look, then. Yes, um, uh, that's what we're going to have to do, yeah. I think. I, I think he would be, for me, he would be... There's nothing really out of the ordinary for him, so I'd, I would say design-wise a five. No, that's exactly what I've got as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, but how effective are the Stalmans? Um, I, I think, because I, it's like Olaf Pooley, I think. Yeah, I think name. he's definitely Olaf. Yeah. Olaf, yeah. And I don't remember really seeing him in anything else. Um, although he was a script advisor on something recently, I think you mentioned that to me. I can't remember what story it was. Oh, did I? Um, I don't remember. Yeah, that. I'm sure he, he was a script advisor or something. Um, yeah, I, I I think he 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 does really well. He's he is the sort of the archetypal stubborn scientist, but I think he plays it with enough character underneath. Like he seems to have a sense of humour, even though it's weirdly warped. Um, so I, I, I give go up to a six for effectiveness. For All start. right. Well, I put six and a half. Oh. So that's six point two five for him, right? Right. So you know what I'm doing now. Yeah. Adversary rating of five point six. Five point six. That he seems is, an unusual one. I'm not sure he won't. He is a five point sixer. Let me have a look. Five point. I'll just write that down, ready for when I do the Facebook. 5.6. Oh, yes, he is. He is sharing a caravan oh, with... Uh, who is that? I've forgotten who that one is. One of them is the Maya. Who's the Maya? Oh, the Maya are the clanky robots that have battled the Vikings in that one. We oh, did. yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one. Yeah. Gurley died? I think That's it, yeah. So he could, he could order them around, I suppose. Yeah. I think he would try and heat a pizza up in them, too. Yeah, maybe he would. And Toberman is in it. Is in five point six. I think he would have Toberman washing his car by the end of the day. Yes. Yeah. I think so. All right. So that's Stalman. Who do you want to do next? The brig Uh, or no? Let's keep the brig for last. Let's do the primords. All right. Design wise of the primords. Um, I I mean I I I don't think I've ever seen a design drawing, but I imagine this was more. I'm not entirely sure they were designed. I got a feeling they just. What have we got? We've got a wig. Yeah. Okay, got some I think teeth. it is last minute. Yeah. Yeah. I. 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 I'm not a fan. <laughs> Although I'm a great fan of this story, I'm not a fan of the primos. I. I'd give them a four. 
Oh, I'm much lower than you. I gave them a two because they're just, yeah, they're just nothing. Um, They're just like, this is like almost like um, a comedy werewolf. This is almost, you know, Harry H. Corbett and Carry On Screaming style, you know, monster. You know? Actually, yeah, they, they, yeah, they, they would fit in Carry On Screaming quite well, wouldn't they? Yes, yeah. So, all right, they've got a three for yeah. uh, for design. How effective do you think they well, are? This, this is a different one because I really like the noise they make. Mm-hmm. So I imagine on audio, <laughs> these are really effective. But the trouble is, you, that's almost entirely counteracted by the fact that they look bloody awful, and the, <laughs> the guys playing them are camping it up, like say. Especially Benton, he's definitely doing Richard the Third, um, and uh, Stallman is—he's probably the best of the bunch. But even he, it, I don't think that. I, do you know? I—I I don't. I can't. I don't see that the actors would be able to take this seriously when they turn up on set. No. They're just going to love it. They're going to have a bit of fun, aren't they? Um, so I think this drops down. Effectiveness film drops down to a two for me. Oh, a two. They just don't. They don't work on screen. Okay, well, I... You could I, replace them with anything, couldn't you? They could, yes. A bit of zombie makeup slapped on would work just as well. Well, I, I, I gave them a four wow. um, because I like their hands. We haven't really talked about their hands with all oh, the no. long hair and stuff like that. So, so that's a three. So, so their, their adversary rating is a three. So, wow. oh, I've got to turn a page here. <coughs> a three. Imagine they're going to be sharing... Oh, threes. they are. Yeah, we 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 have the prime wards. Are at caravan number three. They are with the reapers, those horrible CGI flying things, yeah. and the Slitheen. Right. Um, so I think I think out of those three, they're definitely above them. But yeah, mm. I think you know, with all the best will in the world, that's probably the right place for them. All right. Okay. So that's the prime wards, and no now we're left figures of the prime wards, is there? I guess not. No, no, yeah. no. No kid wants to. No kid wants to reenact the penetration, do they? <laughs> I guess there's not an eagle moss figure. There's no eagle moss. No, figure. I've never seen one. No. Okay. It'd be quite an easy one to do, though, wouldn't it? It's just a radiation suit and um, and some f- and a werewolf says you could make your own. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, this alternative brig. Then, yeah, so the brigade um, design leader, wise, of, I love of the I love this design. I think it works so well, and Nick Courtney just yeah, it, it looks great on him. I like I like this Italian fascist look, because they could have easily gone with the Nazi yeah look. You know, every you know the um, like Nido and that everyone's in that, but they've gone with the Italian stuff, which a lot you know is not not the go to fascist look. But I think works really well. Um, yeah, I think design-wise, I think they put a lot of effort in, like say, the eye patch, things like that. Um, so I, I'm going to go to an eight, I think. Snap, snap. Yeah, yeah. the eye patch, the scar, yeah. uh, the the uniform, everything. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I will join you with that eight. And how effective is this for well, this, this this is a difficult one because I think he's he's brilliant. I think. Nick Courtney plays this amazingly well. Subtly layered. When he's when he's evil and arrogant, he's great. When he goes to pieces, he's even better. Um, but I, I sort of think, can I, can I, can I dare to, to, to give him top marks? And I wasn't. Go- and it's like, oh, I've been battling this all day. And I'm, I'm, 
I'm going to go for a 10. You're going for a 10. Wow. Yeah. I had a feeling as you were doing that, it's like, he's going to do it. He's going to give him a 10. Yeah, I didn't, you know what I mean? I, I've tried with this all day. It's really, because I thought, oh, and I thought, no, 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 no. I, he deserves a 10. All right. If anyone deserves a 10, it's him. Well, no, I didn't think to go to a 10. No. Um, I, I went to an eight and a half. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So that is actually a 9.25 he gets in effectiveness, which is bloody high, actually. Let me have a look on effectiveness. On effectiveness, this isn't his adversary rating, but on effectiveness, he's equal with um, the war chief, our friend from last you week. Know what? That's, that's pretty good partnering, actually. Yes. Yeah. And, and the draconians. I think that's perfect place for it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's very good. All right, so that will then give him a final um, uh, adversary rating of 8.6. Which is still, still pretty high, I think. Still pretty high, 8.6. Oh, he's in a caravan all by himself. Oh, all right. I think that would suit him as well. Yeah, his next-door neighbour is last week's, is the War Chief. The War yeah. Chief just to beat him, just... He's at number 8.75. I think they would get on. I could see them over the garden fence, nattering away about the good old days. I can see the war chief borrowing his eye patch. Yeah, he'll go. It's a better look. He than could my, have. He uh, could have had an eye medallion. Yeah, yeah. Lose the medallion, get the eye patch. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, from everything you've been saying for this, like what last hour and a half, um, I've got a feeling this neck. I know the answer to the next question, which is, is this story in your top ten? Yes. Where in your top ten? What have I got at the top at the moment? Number one is Horror of Fang Rock. Oof. What's number two? The Keys of Marinus. Oh, bloody hell, this is difficult. <laughs> number three? Tomb of the Cybermen. God. Number four? Web of Fear. Oh, I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna put it just after Keys and Marinus. At number three. That's number three. Yeah. All right. Okay. I um, can't. I mean, as much I love it, but if it was, if I was looking and going, what do I fancy watching? Like, there's Horror Fang Rock, or Inferno. Yeah, Horror Fang Rock. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because if if you could take Lilo and put her into Inferno, then you know. Oh, we might be talking. Yeah? Yes, yeah. All right, well, by you in penetrating your list at uh, number yeah. three with Inferno, that means your number ten drops off the off the list. So bye-bye to the case of Androzani uh, All right. See ya. May I, Wouldn't uh, want to be... Uh... Um, I'm not putting Inferno on my list. I, I, I mean, it, it's entertaining, but it's not one of my favourites. Um, no, I think I think it's it's a purely personal choice. Yes, um, yeah. I I couldn't argue its technical merits over. Yeah, and unlike yourself, stories, but, yeah. there are other John Pertwee stories that that I prefer, yeah. the Third Doctor and John Pertwee. You know. Yeah. All right. So uh, behind the scenes, okay, right. the, the, this season finale, um, there were going to be other stories. This wasn't going to be it. There was a story called The Mists of Madness by Brian Wright right. and there's another story called The Shadow People by Charlotte and Dennis Plimmer okay um, but 
Brian Wright, when it came to it, was unavailable to actually do it, and the Plimmers abandoned the project after a pay dispute. Okay, and uh, Do we so know anything up, about their stories? Or? No, no, only the names. Time. Yeah, um, and yeah, so up steps Don Halton, and um, you know he, he had been inspired by this real life drilling project called Project Mohole, yeah. um, and um, it, he was inspired to write it when he actually phoned up. I don't know why he did, but he phoned up the drilling company or the American government to say, you know. Um, what's going on why has it been abandoned and they said we'll get back to you and then when they got back to him they went uh actually that's top secret and it's never been divulged why they abandoned this idea of drilling all the way through um so do you think he naturally went with the assumption that uh, all everyone had been turned into hunchback werewolves yes or there's swarfiga at the center of the earth yes well that might be where swarfiga came from we don't know we don't ah Will that coincide, the, the, the emergence of Swarfiga coinciding with out? that drilling project? Let's you know? have a look. Let's yeah. have a look. Yeah. You can find out anything on the internet, can't you? When did Swarfiga, Swarfiga come out? <laughs> oh, blimey. 1947. Oh, no, I think this drilling that project was after that. I think this project was in the 60s. Yeah. But right. it, was, it was invented by an industrial chemist from Derbyshire, and oh. Delia Derbyshire. Did the thing. Yes, yes. Uh, it's, all, it's all tied together. Yeah, it? yeah. And Derbyshire, I mean, Leeds isn't far away. And, you know, that was mentioned in this show. Yes. He, um, um, the guy that invented it was famous before that because he invented a detergent that uh, extended the life of silk stockings. Wow. Does anybody so, yeah. still have silk stockings? I know I gave I up years ago. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, it doesn't feel good on hairy legs, does it? No, no, no. They poke through. You know? Yeah, I've never been a fan of silk. Like people say about silk, but he's going to say silk stockings. Silk stockings. Yeah, well, no, not with my legs, not with my calves. Hmm. All right. Also, it's um, it's horribly made, isn't it? Is silk. it? Yeah, they kill silk silkworms to because it's the cocoon. It's oh, the, sorry, I was. I thought you were yeah. talking about swarfiga again. Oh, uh, swarfiga! I don't even know what's in it. I don't want to know. I don't know. It's people something from the bowels of the what earth. Is in swarfiga. Yes. <laughs> We're so educational. Someone's asked, someone's asked on here, is Swarfiga dangerous? Do you think it was after watching Inferno? Well, if you eat it, maybe. Well, that's true, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, there are some people who think that, you know, the parallel world bit of this story was based yeah. on a John Wyndham short oh, called, right. called Random Quest. And in that story, a scientist has a, a like an accident and he wakes him, he wakes up in this world where World War Two had never happened because Hitler had been assassinated back in 1938. Um, and this whole idea, I didn't know this, this whole idea about, you know, parallel worlds, that is a, a, a style of fiction that goes back to the 17th century. Wow. Yeah. So around about the time of, you know, uh, Elizabeth I and everything, there was fiction about parallel worlds and they were usually centered around something called anti-london right this place was called anti-london it was on the exact opposite side of the world from the real london right, right. and in places like that everything's the opposite okay it is mirror mirror everything's opposite so cough is a reasonable price yes yeah. <laughs> that sort of thing yeah Soap operas are entertaining. Um, yeah. No, it was, thing, it, it was things like old people go to school 
and um, oh. tradesmen, you know, uh, try, s s stop you um, from trying to, you know, pay for your goods. And this dates it. Wives rule their husbands in these stories. <laughs> I mean, that's preposterous. I, you know, I could almost buy the uh, old people going to school. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and um, this is the very first uh, Doctor Who story where Barry Letts had more of an input than usual because no. Douglas Camfield got very sick, didn't he? He done he had done all the oh, location yes, filming, yeah, and then he had a. Yeah. He had a heart condition and yeah. um, he, he was off to hospital when he, he, he made Barry Letts swear not to tell anybody how serious it was because he was scared, yeah. you know, that it would affect future work for himself. Um, and that's when, you know, Barry Letts took over and, and, and he directed an awful lot of the studio scenes, didn't he? Yeah, because, I mean, it's it, very, a very good um, uh, audio book. It's... Um, Barry Letts autobiography is really worth listening to. Yeah, he, he mentions that on there um, about, yeah, they, because the BBC wouldn't have been able to get insurance for Douglas Canfield to work mm. if they knew he had a heart condition. Yeah, yeah. So there was a gentleman's agreement and Barry didn't yeah. mention it. Yeah. Um, and I said, you know, Petra was played by his wife, um, yeah. Sheila Dunn. And um, yeah, now here's a little connection to an, another um, podcast we've already done on Doctor right. Who. The location, this oil refinery, oh, right? Yes, right? Yeah. Um, it was called back then uh, Berry Wiggins and Co. Right? It's now uh, that area is is the King's North Industrial Estate, and it's on the Who Peninsula um, in Kent. Right? It's actually called the Who Peninsula. The Who Peninsula, but Who. H O O. Ah, right, like Sutton. The Hoop. Yeah, yeah, it's like Sutton Hoop, yeah. And the connection to a previous podcast was when we did Carnival of Monsters. Um, you remember how I said that, you know, they spent two or three days doing the exterior ship On scenes? The ship, yeah. And they, they sailed from Chatham all the way down to, you know, the estuary and yeah. then back again. And they filmed it with the cameras down low so you wouldn't see the land, right? Yeah. If those cameras were up higher, you would have... that, that They sailed past this very really? oil refinery, yeah. So when they were making Carnival Monsters, they, was, they sailed past the location for Inferno. Well, I wonder if uh, John Pertwee pointed over and told people... Yeah. I, I, I no, he was too bit. He was too yeah. busy nicking the compass and stuff like that's that true. off the yeah, ship. Yeah. Up with a crowbar, <laughs> so, and that's us done. And how many minutes now? One hundred and six minutes. Blimey, at one hour forty. One hour forty. Yeah, it was worth it. Though. This is almost special length uh, uh, is, episodes. Yeah. This isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting when we get to um, what, like one of your favourites, whether we uh, we talk as much about it. Well, I think we will. Well, I don't know what your favourite would be. Well, next week, this oh. could be the thing that you're uh, that you're uh, postulating, and we'll have to see if if next week's episode runs longer than this episode because oh, is it, it going to be a classic? It's the fourth Doctor, right? Yep. And my clue to you is that it's a tale that could have a soundtrack supplied by the Bangles. Ah, uh, it's pyramids. The little pyramids of Mars. Certainly is. What planet can it um, Oh my god, that oh, classic. See, um, see, we might well do yeah. more than our hour and forty-seven. 
next week. Yeah, this this is another one that I remember watching uh, live, so to speak. I do, I do. Yeah. Seeing Sutek for the first time, that was it. He went he went straight into my brain. Yes. We um we used to play it being the mummies. You know, <laughs> like the scene where the, the poacher gets killed, me and my brothers would play that scene. Ah, classic. Classic. Oh, we're getting on to the good stuff, Eric. Yes, 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 yes. The good stuff. And also, when you watch it, um, um, much like we've done here, it's going to be a uh, more than one adversary. You've just mentioned them there. It's not yep. just going to be Sutek. It's going to be the mummies as well. We've got to well. we've got to yeah. think about ratings for uh, them as well. Okay. Oh, I look forward to this. I yeah. happily watch. I this thought one. you'd be happy with this. Yeah. Inferno followed by Pyramids of Mars. Eh. Great stuff. I mean, what more could the listeners ask for? Well, yeah, I mean, th- make the most of this because think, this is classic Who. Awake? Huh? You think they're still awake after an hour and 40 minutes? <laughs> they might have heard Pyramids of yeah. Mars and they've, you know, sat upright, you know. I, I think what most of them will be thinking is get, get past this rubbish. We want to get onto the new Who. Yes. That's what I think most of them will be saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. All right. No, okay. Perhaps not. Perhaps not. That's it. I'll oh, tell you what. I'm, I'm that's excited, it. Alice. In a parallel world, Ian, yeah. on a parallel yeah. Earth, our listener prefers New Who to Classic Who. Well, in an infinite universe, anything is possible, but I have a hard time believing that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, yeah. Listener, join us next week yeah. when, uh, yeah, please yeah. do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're all excited. excited, aren't you? I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, ooh. I love it when we get back to Classic Who. My yeah. enthusiasm is Unfortunately, after about five or six weeks, we leave it, don't we? So, yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well. yeah. For, for, for a little in while. Life can be great. And then we come back. So, yeah, yeah, join us next time where, yeah, uh, yeah we're off to Mars. Well, sort of. All right. Okay. All right. Yep. Yeah. See you next nice time, Ian. Right. Thanks, then. Bye. Bye.